Hello, and welcome to Two Schools of Thought. This is your co-host, Nick Roby. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, normally, we have our uh, other co-host, Chad Sakata, but he couldn't be here tonight, so we are doing a solo episode. So I guess you could say it was one school of thought or half of another point. Um, however you want to divvy it up. Uh, it's just me tonight, but we're going to have some fun. We're going to talk some college football. So it's a great time. Thank you for joining in. A lot to talk about as we're getting into the weeks ahead. The college football world is really starting to, you know, this time of year, you're starting to get in October, starting to get closer to the college football playoff. We're getting more and more in a sense of, of who the teams are there that are starting to contend for bigger picture. And, and teams are starting to sift out for the most part of, of who they are starting the season. I mean, except for a team like my team in Clemson, um, we're still trying to figure out our offensive identity, but most teams have kind of, you kind of a little bit know more to expect. And so that's what's interesting with the rankings. Uh, you still have in the AP rankings that we can go over that real quickly. But uh, we'll have our backyard catch rankings later, which will be interesting to see how those guys uh, all ranked them out. But everyone, every single vote, Georgia got number one. You got Cincy two, Oklahoma three, Alabama four, Ohio State five, Michigan six, and Penn State seven. So all those Big Ten schools in the top ten, even Michigan State nine, and Iowa, you know, they were number two and they, they dropped to 11. So all those schools are there. So they're, they're going to start, you know, cannibalizing one another. So, I mean, this really seems like this could be the year that if Cincinnati really wants to get in, uh, the opportunity seems like it could present itself uh, when you have a team like Clemson down and there's probably not an ACC school that's going to supersede them. The Pac-12 is not going to really have a team. And so it's probably going to happen is if Oklahoma wins out, they'll be in. The winner of the SEC title game will be in. And it looks like they're having them up there. In Cincinnati. Now, the real big test will be, of course, when we get our first rankings of the college football playoff committee, what they say with Cincinnati, because if they say that they're in the top four, it's going to be really hard to kick them out. Uh, they're a team that really wants to be in the top four, because if they're in the top four in the first rankings and they went out, you got to put them in. But if they're trying on the outside, that's when the schedule gets tougher. And they took care of UCF. Um, they, they really showed it to him, so you got to give him props to that. So it's a fun story to root for. Um, I hate that for me personally. My team has been kind of down filling that hole, but, I mean, it, they're a fun team to watch and excited for that. Uh, going into Georgia, they had their big matchup with Kentucky this past weekend, and that was college game day, and they were hyping it up. But it really ended up being – to where Georgia really just just took control and they are really seem like they're the best team in the country right now. Their defense is for sure. And that's the crazy part about this is that they're still trying to figure out if Stetson Bennett is, you know, the number one quarterback on the team, you know, when JT Daniels is fully ready to go. And it's hard to say no when you see just how the offense is humming with them. And just Georgia looks like this it could be a year you never know i'm hearing today on the radio you went, i didn't thought about this but braves are doing well in the nlcs you got georgia number one if you're a georgia state of georgia fan 
I mean, some things starting to come together. There's a lot more left to be played. I mean, so let's not get ahead of ourselves either. But, I mean, lots to look forward to. And you got to go through Bama. That's the thing with Georgia is they have to go through Bama to really have this be their shot. I think that that SEC title game, if it goes into that, will be epic and really fun to watch. So, and, and I've, so we'll see. All right. I think they've got as good a shot as any. They're receiving all the votes in the top 25, which is really cool. So we got Cincinnati 2, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, just crazy story how you have the preseason Heisman favorite, which you go into that almost sometimes if you're given the preseason Heisman, you're probably not going to win because usually it's somebody different who comes out out there. But you got Spencer Rattler, who's supposed to, you know, this is the year that he comes in and really starts to, to dominate and, and really, you know, cement himself as the next Oklahoma quarterback. You know, they've had Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, both won the Heisman. Jalen Hurts is now in the league and playing, you know, with the Eagles, obviously. And then Spencer Rattler is supposed to be the next guy out of Arizona. And he just, it, it hasn't really been clicking. Uh, not like they're playing bad. It just hasn't really what we're expecting with Oklahoma. And then you come in Oklahoma, Texas. He struggled last year in the game, gets benched. Same thing happens again this year. They're down by 21 points, and they're really struggling. And they have their freshman phenom in Caleb Williams, and he all he does is come in there and lead an epic comeback against their biggest rival. And now we don't go into the week, and we don't know who the quarterback's going to be. I mean, they're trying to keep it this big secret. And it's like, by not talking about it, of course, everyone gets more and more intrigued. And what I loved is the story. I don't know if you heard about this from the Oklahoma, from the OU Daily, is you have student reporters going, this is such a college uh, loophole (laughs) as a college student. I just can picture them uh, and props to them for doing this journalism. Because really, I mean, they're getting to the bottom of the story. They went on top of a public building and observe practice from a, a public building. And we're seeing how many snaps each quarterback was getting. I mean, they're the ones who got the story. So props for them for doing that and getting that out there. I mean, you had a feeling that you kind of had to try Williams because he was just too good to play. The problem, you know, that the narrative that I think is very true and then just the age of college football we're in, though, is when you get a highly touted quarterback coming in, like a five-star, you know, if, if they don't play right away or in this situation where they do play and then you have someone else in there and they get benched, well, they can just go and transfer. Or they're, they're already, you know, one foot out the door. And so if you make that move to somebody else, yes, you have two quarterbacks for the, the short time being, but it's just a lot easier for quarterbacks to be, to be movable. And so... Coaches are less likely to go to somebody if they don't feel like they have a backup they can actually go to. So it looks like this is it looks like Oklahoma is is more themselves now with Williams as the quarterback. So it's hard. It feels like you got to keep moving forward with him because you know they score fifty two on TCU. Now the defense gives up thirty one, but Williams. I mean, he looked great. He had eighteen for twenty three, two hundred ninety five yards, four touchdowns. I mean. It's hard to argue with that, and it's hard. It, it really, it sets them up the best, 
going forward, I think. And he he has as a dynamic as a runner, which Oklahoma's quarterback, that just always seems to help. It's similar with uh, Clemson too, but it, it spreads out, but it really starts with a running game for them. And when you spread out the field and having that threat, it really makes a big difference. And I think that could be a game changer for them going in and trying to make another playoff run. Uh, so, yeah, I think Williams is the guy going forward. And, and Rattler's not transferring, but I wouldn't be surprised if... And also, he's played too many games for it to count as a red shirt, so you might as well just stay with the team. But more than likely, I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up transferring um, once it, it seems pretty clear that that's the way they're going moving forward. You have LSU coming in and defeating Florida um, in Baton Rouge, 49-42. to 42. You have their running back goes just goes ahead and rushes for more yards than, you know, anyone else in the history of the school. You know, breaks the all-time rushing record. Uh, Davis Price, listen to this. 36 carries, 287 yards, three touchdowns. And they have this epic big game. Uh, they defeat Florida. And then the news comes out that Coach Ogeron and the athlete, uh, you know, the AD, and the, they're, they're parting ways at the end of the season. So it's you have an expected breakup at the end of the year, and we're going to stay amicable through the end of the year. So it's just an interesting timeline for them of when you're going in and and and, and making this move. You know, obviously this was happening before Saturday because usually when you go in and, and make a move, you are waiting for a loss or some big trigger thing in the game to to, to make a move like this, especially when it's in season. But it, what it says it says to me and hearing you know listening to Quack and Kelly on on the roar today, um, the local radio station here in town, it, it's very true. It, it, what it says is, is it says more of a culture aspect, and, and, and winning is not the giving credit to them for this, but and I agree just that the point of that culture is not is it, the culture where the way this is going is is not the way that they want to go, and. I, I just I agree too, just because the the way this is going, you really need to to kind of set the ship uh, in in a, in a in just a different direction, and it just seems like with the allegations that were happening, that there's just too much too much going on, and and you really kind of need to to have someone else at the helm. It's probably just time. Um, it's crazy to think that it's only been a year and a half since they won the national title, and it's crazy that. Both LSU and Clemson, who are in the national title game, are both not ranked. Uh, and LSU is not going to have their head coach, who won them that national title, the first title, you know, in a, in a while, you know, since the early 2000s. And he's out there. So be a very interesting job of who will come and replace him and who they must have an idea of who's the people they want to go after. Um, I've heard some Nick Saban talk, him going back after there, at, you know, Alabama, I don't think so. I think he's he's at Bama until he's about to about to call it call it quits. So I don't I don't expect him to to do that. But everyone's in the speculation game now because the, the seats open and once you move one piece and who you know it starts that whole carousel. Which <laughs> I feel like it's early to start that, but 
they, they wanted to start that process. So next on the tape, you have Alabama bouncing back with a, with a significant win at Mississippi State. You know, Mississippi State's um, still trying to get its identity built in with Coach Mike Leach. And so they're, you know, towards the bottom in the SEC West. But, you know, it, it's an away game after a, a tough road loss at A&M. And you want to see how they bounce back. And Coach Saban had these guys ready to go. So Bama still has a lot to play for. And uh, it, it shows that they're beatable, too. But it, it's one of those things that sometimes when you have re- guys who are replacing, you know, full steady line, especially on the offensive side, how many players they've had to replace, sometimes a loss, coaches sometimes, they don't love it, but you can learn a lot from it. And that's what I think is going to be really interesting to see is how this Bama team keeps moving forward because if they start to build some momentum in a way – They'll be, you know, have some battle tested uh, aspects about them, and when and if they face, you know, like we we're saying, Georgia, which is probably what I would expect to happen in the, in the title game, unless something else happens. Man, it's just it's going to be an epic battle because you got undefeated Georgia and then a one loss Bama, and then what do you do with Georgia if they lose a close one to Alabama and they have two one loss teams. Do you put two, you know, then you start that whole debate and it's still a little early for all that, but everything's in front of Bama and, you know, it'd be really interesting to see with them going forward. You also have, uh, the lane train. You had old miss going into Tennessee. You have coach Lane Kiffin going in to visit his, uh, short time stint, uh, head coaching gig at Tennessee and they go in there and get the win. And the big thing was, is his first visit to Knoxville since, you know, he left and went to Southern Cal. Um, and it all seemed to go well until some of the Tennessee fans were getting a little rowdy. Some things were getting thrown on the floor on the field. And, uh, even you had a, a golf ball go over and hit Kiffin and, and he seemed to take it well, but yeah, I mean, it's starting a little crazy when, when you have things getting thrown on the field, because you never want that to happen just with safety and everything. But telling me, uh, you can definitely tell that um, some people are still upset at the way that Kiffin left, and now they're seeing some success at, at Ole Miss. But was, that was just an interesting storyline from from the weekend. But Ole Miss keeps rolling on. And then the big question, too, just wanted to hit on was, you know, you got a three-team race in the Atlantic Division. You've got Clemson with the with the two losses, but the one loss in the ACC with NC State as the tiebreaker. You have NC State who goes up and just handles Boston College, which I thought that would be closer. And I was impressed with them on the road. Um, and then you have them, who their one loss is, is to that Mississippi State team. And then we've got Wake Forest. So... Really, it seems like it's coming down to the, those three teams, and they Wake Forest has huge matchups back to back weekends with NC State hosting NC State and then going to Clemson. So that game with NC State could be huge because one of those two teams could have an opportunity that, that a team from the Atlantic has not had in six years and going and representing the division in the title game. And so you have that, and then Pittsburgh seems like they're starting to make themselves the top dog in the coastal, but 
as you know, we've had coastal chaos for eight different years, really seven. But when you had uh, Notre Dame, you've had eight different teams represent the coastal or, or, or come in and uh, just be a different representative in the title game. And so Pittsburgh's trying to be that team. And so we have a matchup with Clemson and Pittsburgh this weekend where Clemson opens as a, th- a three-point favor on the road, and now they're a three-and-a-half-point underdog. You know, this is Monday night as we're talking about this. So, I mean, for games like this, that's what's interesting with this weekend is it's kind of a, a big weekend for them because you're wanting to uh, atone for the previous the previous mishap with Western Michigan and show that you're the team, and, Mich- and Clemson is the, the measuring stick when it comes to the ACC and how you're doing with that. So this game at 3.30 in Pennsylvania, in Pittsburgh, is going to be very interesting to see um, how these seasons keep going. And I think it's a big marker of the season. So as a Clemson fan, I'm excited. I'm nervous just because of the offense that Pittsburgh has. Um, and we haven't been able to, to really score at that same clip. But I would say that that defense, our defense versus their offense is going to be very interesting, very interesting to watch. So I think Pittsburgh's got a strong chance, but don't don't knock away this NC State team. These these guys can play, and these guys um, will be ready to roll. And so I'm excited for that matchup they have with Wake Forest because Wake Forest is is good too. And so it, it, it makes it it makes it fun to see where this goes. And Oklahoma State, I just also want to mention, too, uh, I was impressed with just the way that they had a bounce back. Not bounce back win. I was talking about from Texas. Uh, they're playing Texas, who's trying to have a bounce back win. I uh, apologize. That they're trying to have a bounce back win after losing to Oklahoma in the Red River Showdown. So they go in and, and, and come back and and get the win over, you know, 25th ranked Texas. And so now they're undefeated Oklahoma state, you know, it, that's the question I had for them is, is how they, have they been battle tested? Like they're just one of those teams. Like I want to see some more. I want to see some more of the offense and Spencer Sanders brought some more, brought some more stuff. So, I mean, now they've got a tough road matchup against Iowa state who was ranked and some people even, even were picking to, to win the big 12, uh, Iowa State's a seven-point favorite at home, so that's me. That's me. An interesting game to watch is how they handle that. You know, you're a top ten team. It's it looks like it could be between you and Oklahoma. So that showdown in the season could be really big. But you know, that's where we're starting to get some of these games that really really mean a lot. So you got some ranked teams that really just you know can they take care of business? Can they keep moving along? Uh, as we go forward. So that's just some highlights from the past weekend and, and what's coming ahead. And so now I wanted to get into our rankings. So this is the announcement of the week eight uh, backyard catch rankings. This is as of Monday night. Um, these are the results we have in. So starting from the bottom, we have Baylor at 20, Pittsburgh 19, Texas A&M 18, NC State, 17. At 16, Notre Dame. Wake Forest, 15. Kentucky, 14. Coastal Carolina, 13. Ole Miss, 12. 
Iowa 11, Oregon 10. I'll stop there for now for the top 10. Um, you see Oregon and, and Iowa both drop down. Uh, Old Miss moves up a couple spots. Or, uh, Iowa dropped a lot, obviously, from two, losing. We didn't talk about that. They had a huge loss at home to Purdue. So you want to see them drop, and some people are punishing them more for that than others. Um, I believe I moved them to nine, but I can see moving them to 11 just because of uh, how, how big of a disappointment that was. Um, you had Kentucky drop from the loss, but not too, too much. Uh, you had Wake Forest move up. NC State is moving up. And the new teams ranked in are Texas A&M, who got a convincing win against Missouri. Missouri's not super great, but they keep rolling after a big... It could have been a letdown game for them, so they keep rolling. You have Pittsburgh, who we've mentioned, and starting to roll, and Baylor, uh, who's also starting to... to to get some love too. And just outside the top 20 was Auburn who got the big win over Arkansas on the road. So just, I mean like two points just outside of our top 20. So inside the top 10, so remember 10 was Oregon, nine, Oklahoma state, eight, Michigan state, seven, Penn state, six, Michigan, five, Ohio state, four, Alabama, three, Oklahoma, Two Cincinnati and number one the Georgia Bulldogs. So, what's also interesting is that Alabama got a first place vote in this, and so people they're still being recognized as a top team in there as well. But Georgia got all the other votes. Uh, I feel good about this. The interesting one was Penn State and Michigan were both tied. Michigan got the a little bit more love. And that is Penn State had the bye week. Uh, you have Oklahoma State moving up, Michigan State moving up, and everyone else was sliding up with the Iowa loss. Um, I feel good with that. Uh, that. My top six was Georgia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Penn State, Alabama. I still had Ohio. I had those. Uh, I, when you start to, the top three teams, you know they're undefeated. And I felt good about, you know, that feels pretty straightforward. But after them, uh, I for me, I differentiated. Uh, Ohio State played a tough Oregon team, and they and they only lost at home. Uh, Penn State, they lost, but it was very close as well. And I just think Ohio State's the better team when it comes to that. And so that was differentiating that. And then the other big one was Ohio State and Penn State lost two ranked teams, uh, you know, very highly ranked teams, and whereas Alabama lost to then unranked Texas A&M, and it was on the road and just by a field goal. But when you're splitting hairs, uh, that's why I was punishing Alabama a little bit more in that. Uh, for Chad, he wanted me to also share his as well. His top six, he had Georgia, Cincinnati, and then he had Ohio State three, Oklahoma four, Oklahoma State five, and Michigan State six. So it looks like Chad. Uh, still believes in his Buckeyes pretty high, but he's also giving credit to Oklahoma State and Michigan State for being undefeated. And uh, I think just getting some some ranked wins in there as well, especially Oklahoma State in their win, uh, like we said, over Texas. So we'll see. I know he's um, giving them credit in that. So those are our top rankings this week. So some fun stuff. I mean, the seasons start to shake out. Um, some other fun ones who got uh, votes. We had SMU get some votes, then San Diego State. And UTSA, the Roadrunners, 
they got a couple votes, and Purdue also got a couple votes for them beating Iowa. So those are your rankings for the week. So stay tuned for more. We got a lot of fun college football coming. So that was just a quick update as we're going into week eight of the season. So thank you for listening, guys. Um, We really appreciate you taking the time and spending um, some of your day with us. Remember, if you like the podcast, please subscribe. Give us a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. Um, We would love some just some five-star ratings, and it helps us promote the podcast. If you know anyone who loves college football and just wants to get some of that talk in the week, um, definitely share this show with them, and we'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have questions or things you want us to talk about, please let us know. Um, Thank you so much, guys. And for now, we are signing off.